Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Really, Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley oop back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! Hey, D! You can see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Hello and welcome to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Brendan Hedke, and on today's show, I am super excited to talk about a lot of things that have happened over the last chunk of time in Timberwolves world. Uh, But before we do that, I have an exciting announcement. If you do follow me on Twitter, my Twitter is at B underscore Hedkey NBA. That's at B underscore H-E-D-T-K-E-N-B-A. If you follow me on Twitter, you saw me announce about a week or so ago that there will be a co-host joining the Believe in Timberwolves show soon. And that co-host is a former Minnesota Timberwolf that uh, should be on in the next episode, so I'm really excited about that. I asked on Twitter for some guesses, and there was a lot of wrong answers, but somewhere in there, in the replies of that tweet, there is a correct answer. Somebody finally did give the correct answer, but I have not announced who that is, and I'm not going to do that right now either, but what I'm going to do is give a few more hints. If you tweet at me on Twitter at B underscore Headkey NBA, with your guesses, um, or you can tweet at the show on Twitter. That's at Believe in Wolves. That's B L E A V in Wolves. Uh, tell me who your guess is, and you should see them maybe later this week. Otherwise, hopefully next week we should start recording. It'll be perfect time to end up wrapping up the season with a new co-host, and then moving into the playoffs. But here's my three hints for uh, the new co-host of the show. And those three hints are all statistical related. Number one, this player played somewhere between five and ten seasons in a Minnesota Timberwolves jersey before playing a few years elsewhere in the league. The next clue is that this player played between 500 and 750 games for the Minnesota Timberwolves during his um, long tenure. And then the last clue is that this player scored between 5,000 and 8,000 points in his Timberwolves career, but never scored over 20 points per game in a season. So he never averaged more than 20 in a game per season. So go back through those between 5 and 10 years in a Timberwolves uniform, 500 to 750 games as a Timberwolf, and between 5,000 and 8,000 points scored while wearing the jersey. All right, now we are going to move into the rest of the show because I have a lot of great stuff to talk about um, for the Timberwolves, and that will all be coming shortly, but I do have to get a quick word from our sponsor, and today that is Bet Online. It is that time of year as college basketball takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us. If you're looking to wager this year, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your updated odds and information, along with great contests that includes a bracket contest where you have a chance to take home the top prize. So head over to the website or you can even use your mobile device 
and you can sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right. All you have to do is use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wager needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. All right, now we can move back into the Timberwolves talk, and I'm super excited to talk about this. I'm recording this on Tuesday, March 15th, and if you know anything about the Timberwolves and what happened last night, it was a hell of a game. Now, the Timberwolves played in San Antonio against Greg Popovich and a lowly uh, San Antonio Spurs team that is trying trying to inch their way into the play-in, maybe? I don't really know what the direction of that team is, uh, but they're currently sitting at the 12 seed, and they are only two games back in the win column and three games back in the loss column of the Pelicans, who are currently in the 10th seed. So they're two and a half games back with... Uh, now they have 13 games left to go. So I'm not sure if they're going to make it. I'm not sure if they're gunning for that or want to be in the lottery or what that all means. But uh, there they are. They're still right in the mix. The mix. But um, Carl Anthony Towns completely and utterly dominated the San Antonio Spurs last night. And how we did that was by scoring the basketball. Now in that game, Carl Anthony Towns played for a total of um, 36 minutes. So that's his typical minute load for the season. He is averaging, I believe, like 35 minutes. Somewhere around there, I can check quick. He's averaging 33.6 minutes uh, for the season. So he is a couple minutes, you know, played a couple more minutes than he than he's used to. Um, but definitely some of that had to do with him picking up some foul trouble um, going into the uh, the fourth quarter or excuse me, in the fourth quarter, and he had to sit down for a little bit there. Ended up the night with five fouls. But he dropped 60 points. 60 points. That is the most points scored in an NBA game this season. Uh, Nobody has scored more. And the Timberwolves themselves broke a franchise record for points scored in a game with 149, and they did that without any overtime. Without any overtime. Combining the 149 that Minnesota scored with 139 that San Antonio scored for a grand total of 288 points, the Timberwolves and the Spurs set the record for most points scored in a game for this season. Carl Anthony Towns, if you didn't know, before this, uh, before last night's game, Carl Anthony Towns held the uh, Timberwolves all-time scoring record in a game, which was 56, and those 56 points came, I believe, in the 2017-18 season, so four years ago, and he scored 56 points in that game that year, and last night he had 56 points through three quarters. He had 24 points at halftime, and in the midst of a third quarter, he completely dominated anybody they tried to throw on him. Keldon Johnson tried it a little bit. Jakob Pertl. He totally, totally cooked Zach Collins. I have to find the numbers on this, and I saw it earlier on Twitter, and I believe it was Jake Painting, so I'm going to try and try and look those up quick. But the numbers that I saw when Cat was guarded by um, when Cat was guarded by Zach Collins was just outstanding and just unbelievable. So here are the numbers quick. 
Yeah, it is from Jake Painting. So according to NBA stats, he so uh, I don't know if Jake looked this up or they tweeted this out or what it is, but Jake tweeted this out. Um, according to NBA stats, when Zach Collins guarded Carl Anthony Towns, he guarded him for 4 minutes and 23 seconds of actual game time. Cat scored 24 points on 9 for 12 shooting, so 4 for 6 from the from 2 and 5 for 6 from 3. 24 points in those 4 minutes and 23 seconds. Just absolute domination um, from Cat against Zach Collins, which is just insane. But anyways, Cat scored 32 points in that third quarter. Combining that with his 24 points from the first half, he ended the three quarter, uh, the third quarter sitting on 56 points, having tied his record for most points in a Timberwolves uniform for any player in franchise history. Now, Cat pl- almost, I mean, essentially he put the game away there in the third quarter. Um, but as he was going, he went into the fourth. He didn't score much, or he didn't score any at the beginning. He got, he picked up either one or two fouls that got him up to five. And so he had to sit back down. And then Chris Finch put him back in with like four, three or four minutes left to go. And as he sent it to the table, Greg Popovich emptied the bench. And when that happened, Carl Lady Towns looked over at Chris Finch saying, what do you want me to do? Because obviously, you know, it's, do you want to put Cap back in the game playing against, you know, end of the bench guys? Um, typical situation, you would say, obviously, no, because the game is wrapped up. But when your best player is feeling it and he is tied for the franchise record in points, you give him a shot to try to break that record, especially since he's been tied since the third quarter. Okay, he didn't play an obsessive minute load. um, And putting him in at the end, you know, some people may not have liked it. Obviously, I'm a Wolves fan, so I'm okay with it. um, But I totally get the perspective if you're not. But anyways, Cat looked over at Chris Finch. Finch asked him, or Cat asked him, what what are we going to do? Finch said, go get 60. So Cat did exactly that. He got fouled, and he went to the free throw line to shoot two shots. When he shot those two shots, the first shot up for breaking the record and getting it to six, or 57, Cat actually missed, but then he made the next one to get it to 57 and eventually hit another deep three after missing one before that to put up 60 in the game, and then Chris Fitch did end up taking Cat out of the game. So 60-point night from Cat, which was just fouled up from a couple nights ago. He followed Malik Beasley's franchise record-setting threes in a game, which was 11. So Cat got a franchise record of 60 points, less, I believe less than a week or maybe exactly a week after Malik Beasley hit 11 threes. So the Timberwolves are breaking records. Back and forth, and it's been really, really fun to watch. Not only did Cat have 60 points, he also played fantastic um, um, in the rebounding category. He had 15 defensive rebounds and two offensive rebounds for 17 rebounds total. Um, he did have, you know, six turnovers for only three assists. I believe one or two of those turnovers were offensive fouls. But he was a 16, a plus 16 um, in the net, in the plus minus for the night, which was also. Fantastic to see him impacting the game while also just utterly dominating in the scoring column. This just goes on to show Cat's overall domination as a uh, a player since the All-Star break. Cat has looked absolutely fantastic in his role. He has been knocking teams out 
Um, and the Timberwolves have been fantastic in that category as well. Since the All-Star break, the Timberwolves have played some really good basketball. I believe that they are 9-3, and three, which is fantastic because before the season, before the All-Star break, they were obviously good, but they needed to make a run if they wanted to make a push for the sixth seed. But so far, um, since, like I said, since the uh, All-Star break, actually the Timberwolves are 9-2, and two, and so they... They won their first game coming out of the break. Then they lost one, one, two, one, six in a row, lost one, and now have won two since then. So that is nine and two in the stretch. Um, since the All-Star break, they do have the second best net, the second best offensive rating in the league at 121.0. Obviously, they played some really bad teams in that stretch. So the offense was really good. The defense was also really good. They have the fourth best defense since that time, even after giving up 139 points in regulation to San Antonio last night. So that 109.1, which leaves their net rating at 11.9, which is the best since the All-Star break. Now, let's talk about the Timberwolves' upcoming schedule and what that looks like and what their hunt for the sixth seed is because it has been a while since we've talked about that. Currently, the Timberwolves still sit at 7th in the Western Conference. And the reason is that Dallas and Denver just keep on winning. Currently, the Timberwolves are 40 and 30, 10 games over 500. They're one game away from clinching a 500 season for, I believe, the third, second time. I think this would be since 2000 and since the since 2004, the uh, Western Conference Finals run. Um, I believe the only other time was the Jimmy year, and then there was a season where they went 40 and 42. I don't think there was any other 500 seasons in there. I could be mistaken though. But regardless, they're 40 and 30, 10 games over 500. The Nuggets are 41 and 28 sitting in the 6th seed, so the Timberwolves are just one win behind but two losses behind. And Denver has played one less game than Minnesota, so if they lose their next game, then the Wolves will be one game back, but they currently are one and a half games back of the Denver Nuggets. And then at the fifth and fourth seed, tied with the same record, is Dallas and Utah. They have both played 68 games, so they've played two less games than Minnesota. So their schedule is going to be a little bit more full um, at the end of this. But the Jazz and Nuggets, or Jazz and Mavericks, like I said, 42 and 26, that puts them two wins better than the Wolves and four losses better than the Wolves. So they are currently uh, three games each ahead of the Timberwolves. Um, So it looks like it's probably a long shot where the Wolves only have 12 games left to try and go get that fifth seed, but it's not the fifth or fourth seed, but it's not out of the question, I guess. Um, I believe that is the highest the Timberwolves could get. They probably mathematically could maybe get like the two or three. Um, They're only seven and a half games back, but that's that's not going to happen. So the highest I think they would possibly get is the four seed, which would be crazy. It's not, it's crazy that 70 games into the season, the Timberwolves are not mathematically eliminated from one the playoffs and two the fourth seed um that is just insane and also it's only a three game three game little stretch there that they're away from Utah for the four so they I mean it's not out of the question but it's probably not going to happen they have an okay shot of trying to get the sixth seed one and a half games back they would have had a better shot had Denver lost last night to um Philadelphia, but Denver came back. Their bench, especially Bones Highland, brought them back 
and uh, kind of dismantled the Sixers at the end of the game. So the Nuggets did win that one, which didn't help us. But as we're talking still, you know, three games back from the four and five seed and one and a half games back from the six seed. The Timberwolves have also made some separation on the Clippers. They are now four and a half games above the Clippers for the eight seed, and they are 10 games above the Lakers for the ninth seed. So I'm pretty sure the Wolves have that seventh seed at least locked up. Four and a half games is a lot for the Clippers um, to make up, and they for sure won't fall lower than eight. There's no way that either the Lakers or the Pelicans can make up 10 and 11 games respectively to get up to the Timberwolves and force them into the nine or 10. So the Wolves will have a home playoff, or excuse me, home play in game for sure, at least one. Because they'll either have the one as the seven seed, or if they somehow fall to the eight seed, they'll play at the seven seed. And if they lost that one, they would play at home. So the only way they don't have one is if they end up being the eight seed and they win against the seven seed. And obviously no playing games if you are the six seed. But that's where the standings shake out. The Wolves are, I don't know if they've clenched play in or not. I believe they officially are like a half a game away from it, but I'm not entirely sure. They might have already for sure clinched a play-in spot, which is cool. Anyways, let's move on. I want to touch on one more thing that happened last night before I get too deep into future outlooks and things like that. Um, Jaden McDaniels did go down with a injury. It looked like an ankle injury in the late stages of the fourth quarter. I have not heard anything about what um, has happened with that. I know John Krasinski said there's going to be imaging and stuff done, um, but they know that it's not an Achilles, it sounds like, and it didn't appear to be a knee injury just because he... So I hopefully we can rule out like ACL and MCL, but um, I don't know that for certain. Just He grabbed right at his ankle, so I'm assuming that he just rolled his ankle. Hopefully it's only like a week or two thing, um, but you know, it could be a more severe ankle sprain or it could be something else. I'm not entirely sure. I don't want to speculate too much, but, um, I guess we'll just have to see what comes out. I'm sure that will probably have come out by the time that you're listening to this podcast. So I don't have to spend too much time on that, but I did want to at least bring it up and make it known that that did happen in case you didn't see last night's game. All right. The next thing I want to talk about is team stats, team positioning, how the wolves have looked this season in a variety of different, um, in a variety of different ways. So, let's go ahead and talk about the Timberwolves as a whole. We talked about the, how they stack up for their post All Star post All Star break numbers and things like that. But I want to talk about um, their full season long All Star or full season long numbers and and everything like that. So, for the Timberwolves this season, they have played exactly. Uh, 70 games, and in those 70 games, they have an offensive rating of 113.5. Do you remember, and it doesn't feel like too long ago, but it has been a while now, do you remember the Timberwolves being a bottom five offense in the league for a while this season? That seems like not that long ago, and now they are a top six offense in the league. Top six, 70 game sample size, not small. They have been really good on offense, like really good on offense, which has been really cool to see because it's been really tough for the team to um, score at some points of the season. And Cat's been clicking, 
D'Lo's been clicking. Ant's played decent. Um, and then other guys have just been rounding out. Torian Prince has been hitting shots. Malik Beasley's hitting shots. And it just has opened up this entire can of worms and this entire fantastic offense that Chris Finch has been able to get them in. And probably the slow start probably had to do with Chris Finch, you know, focusing so much on defense at the beginning of the season, but I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all for that, but that probably has something to do with it, I would think. But regardless, they're up to six. Even with that slow start, they are up to six. If we go in and we cut out, so we go November 1st, so we're just cutting out the first five games of the Timberwolves season, it already jumps up from the fifth worst, or the sixth best offense to the fifth best offense. So those first um, five games really kind of brought the Wolves down. And if we go to December 1st and run it, then the Timberwolves um, in the NBA, they have the second best offense since December 1st. The only team with a better offense is the Utah Jazz, who are... Their, their offense is uh, 0.8 better. Overall net rating since um, December 1st, the Timberwolves have the 7th best net rating in the league. But let's go back to full season stats. Like I said, Timberwolves now this season have the 6th best offense and currently are tied for the 10th best defense with the Utah Jazz with a defensive rating of 109.8. And if I didn't mention it before, their offensive rating is 113. So they are top 10 in offense and top 10 in defense, considering that they're tied for 10th in defense. There are only four other, so there's five total teams in the league that are top 10 in both offense and defense. Those teams are Utah, who is first in offense and 10th in defense. Phoenix, who is fourth in offense and second in defense. Memphis, who is 5th in offense and 8th in defense. And Golden State, who is 10th in offense and 3rd in defense. Out of those 5 teams, Phoenix has the best net rating. Golden State has the 2nd best net rating. Utah has the 3rd best net rating. And Memphis has the 6th best net rating in the league. And the Wolves overall have a net rating of 3.2 this year, which is the ninth best in the league. If you would have told me at the beginning of the season that the Timberwolves were top 10 in both offense and defense... I would have told you you were crazy. The offense part, I thought the offense offense part was a shoe-in. At the beginning of the season, I looked absolutely stupid for that. I almost guaranteed, hell, I might have guaranteed that it was going to be a top 10 offense. And then it just, I was looking bad. They were terrible on offense. They were great on defense. Then the script flipped a little bit and they, a little bit and they got terrible on defense and great on offense. And then they flipped it back. And now they're just solid, right? Fantastic to see. Love to see that. Now, the cool thing about this Timberwolves squad is not only do they have that looking so good, they also are just playing good basketball, winning games, 10 games over 500. I don't care that they're beating up on bad teams. You can only play who is in front of you. All right, so let's move on and let's talk about the last chunk of this podcast, I want to be speaking about Anthony Edwards. Now, Anthony Edwards, if you look at his total stats this season, um, he has played, I think you'd say he has had a good season. Overall, Ant has uh, played a total of, excuse me, sorry, I'm trying to pull it up here. Um, Anthony Edwards has played in all but, I think, nine? All but 10 games this season. So he's played 60 games. He's averaging 21 points 
shooting 43% from the field and 34.7% from three on 8.4 attempts per game. He's also grabbing 4.7 rebounds, dishing out 3.7 assists, only 2.7 turnovers. Um, And he has a plus minus of three on the season per game. Um, And he's played just good. But over the last stretch, he has not played very well. If we go post-All-Star game, Anthony Edwards is averaging just 14 points on 39.8% shooting and 26.1% shooting from three. Grabbing 3.7 rebounds, but he is dishing out 4.6 assists in his seven games since All-Star. So that's pretty good, uh, the, the passing. But defensively, it has not been good. And that has been worrying me because um, I just don't know, you know, how, what's it going to look like when when Anthony Edwards is, you know, on the court in the playoffs? Is he going to show up? Is he going to, you know, kind of be a shell of himself like he has been lately? Um, and I don't mean this to rag on him or anything like that, but it's like the Timberwolves want to be a good team. You know, they're going to need everybody contributing. If they want to win a playoff series, if they want to put some fear into somebody, um, they're going to have to do some really tough things like playing good defense and everybody's hitting shots. And since the All-Star break, Ant has not been doing that. He scored 15 points um, first game out, then 17 points. Then he had four games off where he did not play due to his knee um, tendinopathy. And then he scored 16 points, 25 points, 15 points, and then 5 points. And the three games leading up to the break, he scored 9, 6, and 5, respectively. And his minute loads haven't been, like, super low. He's still playing close to it. So the biggest question is, should we be worried about Anthony Edwards? Now, I can go the, the positive of this, and we can talk about how the Timberwolves have still been winning games despite Ant missing time and Ant not playing well. So if Ant comes back to his form, then he's going to be, you know, the Timberwolves have a chance of being really, really, really good, especially if Ant or if Cat and D'Lo keep playing at the level that they're playing at. An argument for that would be that, you know, do Cat and D'Lo play at the level that they were playing at when Ant gets back to it? Because, you know, Ant does have to operate with the ball in his hand a lot. Um, I don't know. It's just going to be interesting to see how that all works out. I really don't have a doubt in my mind that Ant will get back up to his form that he had earlier in the season when he was dominating at times. But I do worry if that time will come before the season is over and before the playoffs start. It, I mean, you know, he's back in the court, so obviously his pain management's fine. Um, And there's times where I think that his burst still looks good and he looks like pre- tendinopathy ant and then there's times where it's like not really sure that he's got it still but you know um a lot of that could just be like rust from coming back and things like that but it might just take him an off season to get healthy and then maybe next year he comes back and it's his knee is feeling a lot better and he's okay you know it might just happen tomorrow night you know they might just play excuse me i don't even know if they play tomorrow they play uh their next game yeah, tomorrow night against the Lakers. So if they play the Lakers tomorrow and Ant goes off, then all these worries are probably going to be fine. Um, but if they play the Lakers on Wednesday and Ant looks bad, the worries are going to increase until he does play good. And and I think it's fine to be worried about him. Um, 
But overall, I don't know if we're going to be too worried about this team just because of how well they've been playing. And like I said, they pretty much have the seventh seed locked up, and now it's just looking upwards and trying to go to that six. But yeah, I just I'm a little bit worried about that. Um, but it, how awesome would it be if if Ant started hitting on all cylinders, Cat continues to hit on all cylinders, D'Lo continues to do what he's been doing, Jaden comes back in time and plays well like he's been playing. Malik and Torian keep hitting shots. His team could be dangerous. Like extremely, extremely dangerous. And I'm excited to see it. And I would love if they somehow got up to that four seed. I don't think it's going to happen, like I said, but it'd be cool if they did. The last thing I do want to talk about um, for the Timberwolves is looking at post-All-Star game numbers. Now, I wrote a piece over at Canis Hoopus a couple weeks ago when the All-Star break was happening after Carl Anthony Towns had won the uh, three-point contest. And I talked all about Cat and how he's always improved his numbers over the course of a season. After the All-Star break, his numbers jump up, especially his scoring average. And it is no different um, this season. Before the All-Star break, Carl Anthony Towns was averaging 24.4 points per game, and he is up to 26.8, so it's already gone up 2.4. Obviously, the 60-point game helps on uh, Monday night, but still, Cat has been playing fantastic, and he's doing it a lot driving. He's only taking 4.3 threes per game after the All-Star break, and if you consider that he took 11 threes last night, his uh, his numbers are um, not even up at 4.3 if you take that out. You know, he's more around that three shots, three threes per game. Um, we need to see that go up, go up, but he's been fantastic driving the basketball, so I'm hoping you can find a, right, a great balance. Obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you listen to Dane Moore's podcast, and he has gone into depth multiple times about the drives versus threes thing, so I'm not going to do much on that. But I just wanted to know how fantastic Cat has been post-All-Star. He's been dominating in every facet of the game. He should be you know, in contention for the uh, third center on the All-NBA slot, and if somehow Jokic and Embiid end up on first team, I because one of them can apparently be qualified as forward, then maybe Cat can end up getting that uh, second team nod too, and he can sign his Supermax. Dane also talked about that in his podcast, in his post-game podcast that dropped on Tuesday morning following Cat's 60-point night. I'm not going to touch much on that. But I just wanted to give him his flowers. Um, but yeah, if you have any questions or anything you want me to, to talk about, um, if you have a guess on who the new co-host is on Twitter, shoot me a DM or tweet at me, and uh, hopefully you can find the right answer. I'm excited to get going with that. But um, other than that, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Believe in Timberwolves podcast. Again, this podcast is always a part of the Believe Podcast Network, and as always, we are presented by Bet Online. Thank you guys for listening. I will be back soon, and it won't just be me. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.